You're listening to the Put Your Passion to Work podcast, where together we seek to gather inspiration, motivation, along with tangible tips to start and scale your coaching business. I'm your host, Michelle Marie, mindset and business coach. With over 18 years of business experience, you and I are going to transform your passion of helping others so you too can create a profitable coaching business. Let's have some fun while we build your biz starting right now. Today, I get to speak with Alicia Carlson. Alicia resides in Oregon. She is a military wife, a mom of two, a nine-to-fiver, and a non-diet lifestyle coach. Not only that, she is one of my biz besties and a mastermind buddy. So in today's episode, I get to bring you Alicia's philosophy around the non-diet lifestyle and how she empowers women to incorporate healthy eating habits in their life, ditch the diet, yet still meet their goals. It's really an interesting concept to me, and it's one that I think more women need to adopt in their lifestyle, especially if you are counting calories, counting macros, but it's not really working for you. If you're depriving yourself of foods that you love just to adhere to some image that's unrelatable and unrealistic for your life or for your body, this is what Alicia's bread and butter is. She's also incredibly passionate about empowering women to take ownerships of all aspects of their lives. Her philosophy is that eating and being healthy needs to be simple, minimal, and easy. So that's what she teaches her clients to do, and that's what she's going to teach us today in her Mindful Eating Project. So sit back, relax, and let's get into today's episode. Hey, Alicia. Thanks so much for being with us on the Put Your Passion to Work podcast today. I'm really excited, as you know, to interview you, especially because you are my mastermind buddy. You're a fellow coach. We know so much about each other and our businesses, but I would love for you to tell the audience about yourself, your business, and kind of who you help and your journey of how you got started. So can you let us know all those things? Yeah, Michelle, thank you so much for having me. It is really fun to be able to work on something together that sort of is outside of our mastermind. Um, so basically I help women who are kind of that type A high achiever woman who has oftentimes struggled with her body image, has really, you know, had that heavy focus and emphasis on creating maybe that perfect body to the point that it takes over everything else in her life. And the reason that I am so passionate about helping that woman is because I used to be her. And so it's definitely has been a a personal journey to kind of come to, to figure out how do you use like that high achieving, really driven personality in a way that is productive and effective without turning so much focus and energy into ourselves that it becomes all consuming. Yeah, I think we've all been there. Like I'm picturing myself in my 20s. I feel like that was probably when I was the most body conscious in a negative way. And I think at least for my personal story and journey, after having two kids and just learning how to honor my body and what it's been through for me has helped. And I think as we get older, I don't know if those issues lessen or if that's just been kind of my journey. Do you think that's how most women feel or do some women have constant ongoing body issues? And maybe I have them but I just don't always (laughs) realize what they are. Um, And I know that's kind of what you help uncover with women. So what do you think the trends are as far as women and age and, and body issues and image? 
So it's interesting because I've encountered both types of women. So I've encountered the woman that identifies a little bit more like you do in the sense that they really feel like maybe they had a lot more of that negative uh, body energy kind of younger in their lives, especially like late teens, early 20s. And then they kind of hit this point where they're like, you know what, this is what it is. This is kind of what my body's been through, whether having kids or enduring maybe some other like health crisis or something like that. And they just kind of settle in and make peace with where they're at. But then there are lots of women that I've worked with who are, you know, mid to late forties and even some early fifties that are still trying to reconcile their body image issues, you know? So it's a mixed bag, but I would say I definitely see more of a trend with the body focus in the college age students that I work with and into, you know, the twenties, like definitely mid twenties. But I do think there's kind of this cool thing that happens for a lot of women in their thirties where they really kind of feel like they've stepped into themselves a little bit more and they can start to let go of some of that body consciousness. Yeah. And not only this, so you would consider yourself a health coach or wellness coach or what kind of umbrella of coaching do you think that you fall under? So I consider myself a non-diet lifestyle coach. So, and the, the reason for that is that with my coaching, it's not that weight loss is necessarily a bad goal because I don't know that there really is a bad goal, but I think that for so many women, that hyper-focus and that obsessiveness on hitting a specific number, whether it's a weight or a size or you know, a body fat percentage, we can get too focused on the outcome, which we actually can't control as much as we think that we can, that if we are doing all of the right things, but still not hitting that result, we get discouraged and we start to beat ourselves up. So I say, let's just kind of shelve that goal, that weight loss goal or that fat loss goal for a minute. And let's focus on the things that you can control. So your habits, your routines, your mindsets, your beliefs, the story that you're telling yourself, those are all the things that we can control. And actually the more mindset work we do kind of upfront, the more enjoyable the journey is going to be because you're going to start to change the way that you look at and see yourself. And so you're not putting so much pressure and negative energy on, I have to have this body. I have to reach this goal. I can't be happy with myself until I do. And you can actually start to be happy and comfortable and confident in the body that you're in today while you continually work on those other goals that you have for yourself. Yeah. And I really just getting to know you and talking to you in our mastermind and just being like this fly on the wall and kind of getting to see your behind the scenes and your process has been really cool for me and inspiring for me. And I really love what you've been working on, which is the mindful eating project. So I would love it if you can go into detail about what that is, the philosophy behind it and how this helps women get to that point that you're saying, practicing loving where you are right now and letting go of like the calorie counting and what your body, the potential of what it to look like is in the future versus like being present and mindful and knowing you can love yourself today and take those healthy steps where it doesn't like fall into those unhealthy habits or those obsessive habits. Um, So I guess that's a long winded way to ask you about your mindful eating project. And again, the philosophy behind it and what it's really doing for women. Yeah, so the Mindful Eating Project in and of itself is 
kind of my nutrition blueprint. So it's the way that I coach women through nutrition. And it takes intuitive eating principles of like letting go of the diet minded thoughts and, you know, learning how to trust your body again around food, because I think that's something that so many of us struggle with. It's like we set these rules up around food or we kind of restrict things because we just don't feel like we can trust ourselves. And so we kind of work on uncovering a lot of the maybe unconscious thoughts that you have or the subconscious thoughts that you have around food around your body, around exercise. And we go through a lot of the intuitive eating principles, but there's a heavy emphasis on making mindful decisions because one of the things that I have seen kind of in sort of studying the, the anti-diet movement or um, even some of the intuitive eating messaging that's out there, I think we can get confused or we can get swept up in this idea that intuitive eating is essentially just eating whatever you want, whenever you want, however much you want, regardless of, you know, how it makes you feel or anything like that. And I'm definitely not an advocate for that because to me, that's not, you know, completely losing control or saying, you know, putting up the middle finger isn't exactly a healthy perspective either. And I think in the long run, it's, it's really not going to serve you any more than being super restrictive and super obsessive. So it's, it's helping women really find kind of their middle ground. And I say their middle ground because it's different for everybody, right? We're all kind of starting at different places. We all have different lifestyles. We have different values. And so it's really looking at each woman and her life as a whole and saying, okay, how do we start working on this blueprint? in the context of your life, right? So it really does feel like this customized approach, but really using kind of streamlined um, to the point techniques to really help bring more mindfulness and awareness to not only the food choices that you're making, but why are you eating those? So often we eat things out of habit or we eat in a way that was taught to us by our moms or other women that we have, you know, that we've really modeled ourselves after or, you know, by society's influences. And so it's really starting to bring some mindfulness and some awareness to what am I eating? Why am I eating it? And how am I feeling as a result of this, right? So it's, we really do wanna work on bringing, bringing mindfulness into it. But then the intuitive side is putting each person kind of back into that expert role so that they're no longer having to rely on diets and, you know, the latest fads or trends in nutrition but it's like, you know what, even if kale is like the best food in the world to eat, if I don't like it, why am I going to force myself to eat it? Like there are so many other things I could do to get the same benefits as eating a kale salad, you know? And so it's, it's really just kind of helping people know like, well, how much food do I need without having to track calories or macros or weigh their food out or, you know, restrict food. It's like, you know, when am I hungry? How hungry am I? Let's eat slow. Let's eat mindfully. And then your body will kind of help guide you to more of that natural portion control, you know, so that you're not having to externally impose those rules or that restriction, if that makes sense. Yeah. I could never picture having to like weigh out my food or counting calories. I know in the past, I think I've counted calories and try to follow a simple guideline of like about 1500 a day or whatever it would be for maintaining weight or for weight loss. But it's a hard thing to do because the way society has 
demonstrated how a woman's body should look if you open up a magazine. And there's been a lot more effort, efforts in recent years, but I know us like growing up as teenagers that wasn't really like that yet. And who knows what kind of lasting effects that only has on our psyche, but what we could be passing up to our daughters and sisters and as mothers. I know there's something you're really passionate about too, which is like empowering women to kind of take ownership of this part of their life. So what would you say would be the first step? And I know this probably could be personalized depending on what someone's current goals are and how they're really treating their um, relationship to food and diet and eating. But I really love how you lead with the non-diet lifestyle. So like if there's someone out there listening and she's on a diet right now, and it's not working for her or it's making her feel less than or restricted, like what should she do and how can she start to adapt this mindfulness and intuition about eating? I think the first thing is truly just being aware of the fact that your current lifestyle or your current relationship with food isn't working for you. Because for me, I for years thought like, oh, I'm just living a healthy lifestyle. Like I'm watching what I'm eating. I'm being really, you know, um, I don't know if I would say mindful, but I'm being a good girl in the sense of like following, you know, the calories Mm. or, you know, macros or something like that. So I thought I was doing everything right because, you know, I was really paying attention to it. I was exercising all the time. I was really, you know, focused on my quote unquote health, which really boiled more down to like what my body looked like and the size that it was not actually like, was it healthy? But until I had that awareness that this isn't a healthy lifestyle because it's taking up so much energy, it's taking up so much time. Like for me to have to think about, okay, well, what did I have for breakfast? Okay. I I had a carb there, so I'm not going to have a carb for lunch because I know I'm only going to eat about, you know, like I'm only supposed to have number of carbs, you know? So it's like, but we are sort of conditioned, I think with a lot of the information out there that if you're not watching what you're eating, if you're not, you know, at, at least at some capacity sort of keyed into this, then you're not being healthy. Right. And we've really been led astray, I think, in thinking that any sort of weight gain or anybody that falls too far outside of our ideal, our society's ideal, we're unhealthy or we run the risk of like dying of some chronic disease or something like that. And so um, I think the first step is to really just kind of ask yourself, like, is what I'm doing right now, is this like breathing life into me or is it taking it away? Perfect. And if she assesses the situation and is like, ugh, this feels off. It, it's too much work. It's too much brain power. It's setting me up for failure. Like what would be her next step? How can she start to like reach those fitness goals? Or, you know, maybe she really does want and need to lose 10, 15 pounds. Like how can we do this in a healthy way that's still like doesn't seem like so much effort. Cause I know you really love doing things like simply and minimally. Mm-hmm. So what would be her next step? Yeah. So I think after you kind of have that personal assessment and if you decide that you do need to make some changes, like you're being, you know, you want this part of your life to take up less mental and emotional energy. Honestly, the next step is kind of was the hardest step for me. And it's really is deciding that you're going to be done with dieting. And for me, what that embodies is it's, I'm going to be done counting calories. I'm going to be done keeping track of my macros. 
I'm going to be done trying to externally control what I put into my mouth. And that was freaky because I definitely had foods that I restricted in some sense, you know, especially like the carbs or the sweets or something like that. And the first phase really is kind of like ditching those diet rules and those restrictions and allowing yourself to eat the foods that you want to eat when you want them. That sounds so profound though. It's like someone who's listening who might have been practicing this. And it's hard for me because I don't, I don't restrict anything. If I want a brownie, I'm going to eat a brownie. And that's just how I live my life. If I want some Doritos, I'm going to have some Doritos. Like I I do everything in moderation. Some women or people, they have to kind of be that all or nothing. Like Mm -hmm. I can't even have a piece of brownie because then I could eat the whole pan or Mm -hmm. I don't, I just completely eliminate processed foods from my diet. And So it's, this is a hard concept, I feel like for a lot of people to adopt because you're saying, well, you can still hit hit your goals, reach those goals, or just learn to love your body more so that you can have happiness and good, pleasant thoughts when it comes down to eating and exercising. So like, what do you say to someone who might be resistant or is having a hard time being like, okay, she's telling me I have to stop counting calories and I can just be mindful and eat whatever makes me happy. Like what happens next? Like, where is that medium? So I think that depending on how extreme you are in your dieting behaviors, what is it? I can't remember whose law it is, but it's like to every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So it's like the more restrictive you are, I, th- I think it's only reasonable to expect that when you finally do start to give yourself emotional and physical permission to eat foods, which I talk about this in my new ebook that's coming out in this new, you know, little micro course that I've created. So the more restricted you are, and then once you start to give yourself that emotional and physical permission, you probably will find that you go kind of to the opposite end. And that's completely normal. That's completely expected because psychologically, like when we are in that place of restriction and then we give ourselves, you know, an inch, we're going to take a mile because for so long. But the important thing to hear is because I know like that was so freaky for me is that that honeymoon phase isn't going to last forever. Like you probably will have weeks or maybe a month or who knows how long it's going to take you of where you're just kind of eating the food and you're eating the food because you're kind of making up for lost time emotionally, psychologically, if you will. And so I want to, you know, I want to also say that there's a good chance, like as soon as you stop restricting what you're eating in any way, your body is going to change. And so you have, that's why I said, you have to really be willing to commit to leaving dieting behind, right? Because there is going to be a period where your body changes. And then after you kind of get that honeymoon phase out of the way, and you start to learn that you can make mindful choices, you know, that you don't have to be ruled by your cravings, or you don't have to be ruled by all these things. Once you kind of get that out of your system, it's a lot easier to make decisions in that middle ground of like, you know, hey, like, it's breakfast time. And normally I would say I should probably have eggs and, you know, maybe a piece of fruit or whatever your breakfast is or a smoothie. But like for me yesterday, we had leftover macaroni and cheese with some, I had some like veggies chopped up in it. And so I heated that up and I ate that for breakfast with some salami because that's what sounded better (laughs) to me than like a smoothie. 
so, you know, but then it was like, I didn't have like the rest of my food choices for the day weren't kind of thrown off because I didn't start it with like a good breakfast, a quote unquote good breakfast. Whereas in the past it would have kind of been like, well, I already ate pizza for breakfast. So I guess I might as well just like kind of keep on down that path. You know, it's, it's so much easier, I think, to kind of have the food that you want to have in the amount that's right for your body and that satisfies that craving. And then you can move on when you've really let go of restriction. But until you do, like, you're going to find that you're probably going to kind of keep getting hung up. So that's where I'm like, you really have to kind of decide that you're going to go all in on this process for yourself because it is, you know, it does take some time and it kind of goes against like so many things that we've been taught. Well, and that's why I love your coaching um, and the packages that you offer, Alicia, because this is something that you kind of do need support and handholding from it. This is a completely new concept, but just think about all these amazing things that you're saying that somebody stands to gain, you know, eating when they're hungry, not overeating, but choosing foods that taste good and living in the moment versus, okay, like I exercise for 30 minutes. So I earned this donut. Um, You can let go of some of these like self-limiting beliefs and this restrictive dieting. And when we say diet, do you mean to say like a fad diet, like Atkins or something? Or do you mean to say like just your overall eating? Because I know some people have very healthy lifestyles and healthy diets. And if that's working for them, I don't think you're saying like, stop and go eat a donut. I'm just saying if they're feeling deprived or like they have to never eat donuts, you're saying, you know what, it's okay. Have Mm -hmm. that have the foods that you enjoy and love, but do it so that you're checking in with yourself and how you're feeling after. And once you start listening to that intuition, and this works with so many things, and so I love coaching, this this works with more than just food. This works for business and relationships. Your marriage or your parenting. Yeah. yeah. So this mindful approach is so, so amazing. I would love to switch gears a little bit and kind of have you share your story? Like, I know it's a very personal story and how you went kind of from one extreme to the other in the past because you were in competition, Mm -hmm. bodybuilding. Yeah, I did figure competitions. Um, I didn't start there. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, it's, I think that's really is kind of where my passion for this has stemmed from is the journey that I've been on kind of, I mean, I, as early as I can think back, I remember not really liking my body, you know, like middle school, especially in high school. Um, I felt like I would look at myself and compare it to the images on magazines or TV and really see, um, you know, just like how different my body was from the ideal at that time, or even just comparing myself to my friends and feeling like I wasn't skinny enough or, you know, all of those things. And so I, I had kind of this negative self-image for sure growing up. And I remember kind of getting out on my own, like moving out of the house and being like, oh my gosh, I got to like figure this out. Like, how do I feed myself? How do I cook? Uh, really feeling like maybe for the first time that I had more control over what my body looked like because I wasn't having to just eat whatever food was available. Like I could really start to make some changes. And so you know, I had tried numerous diets and, and workout programs from magazines and all the things. 
and I couldn't ever stick with them. You know, I mean, I would do good for a few days and then it was kind of like by Wednesday or Thursday or definitely by the weekend kind of, you know, undid, so to speak, all the progress that I had up to that week. And so that was kind of my, you know, process there for a little while. And then I remember signing up for Weight Watchers, just thinking like, oh my gosh, like maybe this will be the thing that works finally, you know? And I did the whole meetings. I think they've since kind of changed their program, but I, I went to the meetings and for sure, like being weighed in front of a group of people is motivation to make sure that you are staying on track because, you know, you don't want to get there and like have that accountability and show up and be like, oh my gosh, like I didn't lose the weight or I didn't, you know, I gained weight or whatever. So I did Weight Watchers for a little while, um, did have some success there. And I would say in some ways, you know, it kind of started to teach me, maybe it taught me how to diet for the first time because there, it was that, you know, point system of like really like keeping track with your points and this is how many points I ate, but I exercised. This is how many points I, I earned back or whatever. But it also did kind of start to teach me, I think, a little bit about like making different kinds of meals so that, I don't know, so that your points would go a little bit further. I'm definitely not advocating for Weight Watchers, but mm -hmm. um, at the time, like it satisfied that quick urge sure. to just lose some weight. So I did that for a little while and then kind of felt like I had outgrown that. And so I started going to the gym, didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I would kind of hit the cardio machines for a little bit and would just kind of continually feel just so frustrated and disappointed because nothing was working. And so I would kind of quit going to the gym and then I'd go back. And then um, I would say kind of really the turning point for me was again, starting a new diet the eat clean diet where that really is about focusing on super quote unquote clean foods, very minimally processed. Mm -hmm. Um, and around the same time as that, I started running because I was getting married and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to lose more weight. I want to look good for my wedding. You know, all the thoughts I think that women have. And so with a combination of the running and then this eat, this eat clean diet, I was able to lose a lot of weight and I felt really good because I was getting compliments all the time about this. And at the time, I feel like I did think, you know, like, okay, this is like a healthy lifestyle. This is something that I could sustain forever, you know, but then sort of switched gears out of running and got, well, we got pregnant right after we got married. And that was really hard for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I had just gotten this body. Oh, man. You know, like, and now you're going to gain at least 20. Yeah, I'm going to gain the weight back. Um, so definitely, definitely, you know, pointing out that I have def I have some mental issues that I've really had to kind of work through and process too around weight and around body and around worth and value. And just knowing that what I look like isn't where that stuff is found. And I think so many women can get caught up in that. So if that's you, like just hear and just know that that's not ultimately where your identity is or where your value comes from. So got pregnant. And then after I had my baby, I sort of transitioned out of running. And that's when I started to get a little bit more into weight training seriously. Um, and then hit the figure circuit for a little while after my wow. second child. So 
really went into super obsessive food and body stuff there. With so was that a, at a low point or did that feel good? Or was that when you started being like really non-intuitive and non-mindful about your eating because it was all about like, then it was probably all about counting the calories and the macros and having this crazy ideal that you had to live up to, to be like in the competition. Yeah. I, I honestly, I feel like everything kind of start had, has built on top of each other. So like I started dieting, I would say for sure, when I started Weight Watchers, that was really where I think for a long period of time, just kind of being aware of like food coming in versus food going out was introduced. And then with the clean eating diet, that really just kind of layered on some more food stuff because it was like, okay, not only do I have to kind of be mindful of like how much I'm eating or like be really paying attention to how much I'm eating because of the Weight Watchers stuff, but it's like, okay, and now like my food can only be clean. And there definitely, I think when we're using words like good or bad foods or clean or dirty foods, there can be kind of this moral feeling that we get, right? So it's like when I'm doing good or when I'm eating the clean foods, then I can feel better about myself. But when I'm not, like if I'm being bad, what, however I perceive to be bad or I'm eating dirty foods or whatever, then there can be some of that guilt or some of that shame or just those negative feelings of like, oh my gosh, like, why did I do that to myself? You know, I'm just sabotaged and whatever. So I feel like it's all kind of layered on. And so then like the bodybuilding just sort of added another layer because now, I mean, with bodybuilding, you are really focused on eating super duper clean during the week. But what's funny is that you give yourself a cheat day in which it's like all of a sudden, like none of that matters because you are so hungry and you're mentally <laughs> and psychologically, you've been so restricted that you will just eat whatever is there and you're going to eat until you feel sick because you're like, come tomorrow, like it's back on. And so then I think at that stage, there was a lot of like the body obsession, food obsession, but then that was really, I think the pinnacle of where like the restrict and binge came in. So I, I think it's just important to understand that like with each of these diets that we try or each of these things that we really try, we kind of end up taking a little bit with us into that next diet. And so the more dieting that you are doing, the more like mutated isn't the right word, but it's like the more layered on your behaviors around food are. And so the more like unlayering or sort of dismantling you're going to have to do when you start to take a more mindful and intuitive approach, because you kind of have to unlearn all of those things that you were learning along the way, if that makes sense. And that's kind of where your coaching comes in and how you help women, you help them kind of unlearn and break down all those things that they've been taught or think that is an ideal, which isn't, and then kind of build them back up with healthy ways around dieting or non-dieting in relationships with food. So Mm -hmm. I know you work a nine to five, you're a mom, you're a wife, as we said in the intro, but why now and why coaching? Because I, I always like to ask this question because a lot of us are nine to fivers and we could just be resting on those laurels and, you know, not doing this at all, but we have this passion for helping others. And so how was that journey for you getting started? So this would kind of be talking to that person out there who she wants to become a health or wellness coach. How and why did you get started and what have you found that it's added to you in your life? 
Oh gosh, how and why did I get started? So before I was coaching, I was a, a full-time hairstylist and I loved that because I loved, you know, just that connection with people. And I loved being able to give somebody a transformation, you know, like being able to connect with them, but then also doing their hair and really making them feel good about themselves. But I, I think I started to realize like even the more that I got into my own personal wellness journey or whatever, that that transformation that I was giving in the chair was really just temporary. Cause like in six or eight weeks, you know, their hair has grown out or maybe even later that week. Hey, they yeah. When I washed my hair again, it's like, Oh man. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, like even later that week, they might just feel like they don't see themselves the way that they did leaving my chair. And so that was kind of what drew me into that coupled with my own journey is what sort of drew me into coaching or going back to school for nutrition and exercise science and stuff like that. So I think I kind of went into that knowing that I wanted to coach because I wanted to really help people make like lasting transformations in their lives and really see women becoming empowered in their own journey and really owning you know, that part of their life. And so that was kind of what got me started into coaching is just knowing that how good it made me feel when I was taking care of myself versus when I wasn't. And just how that really impacted the way that I showed up in every other area of my life and my marriage and with my kids and friends and family. And just seeing that, you know, we all, I truly believe everybody has a purpose to fulfill, but I, I don't think that we can reach our fullest potential if we are really struggling with liking ourselves and taking care of ourselves. And when I say that, I think on both ends of the spectrum, whether you don't exercise at all and you don't pay attention to what you eat and, you know, you're not doing anything to take care of yourself there, or you're kind of on the other end where you're too obsessive, you know, both are kind of fueled by negative emotions, if you will. So I wouldn't say that either of those is taking care of yourselves, but when you really see that you have value and you have something to give the world and you're like, but I need to take care of me in order to be able to do that. So that's really, was kind of what started me on that. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that story because I think it's so important because so many people, we have this passion for helping others and we've done this in our own lives, yet a lot of us struggle in the beginning of being able to call ourselves a coach and how do we get started and, and all those things. And so you're, you're here and you shared your journey and how you're making this passion of yours and putting it to work in such an important way. So I think it's just a beautiful thing. Now, um, where can someone learn more and start to where can someone start to apply this mindfulness and this non-diet lifestyle approach? What is the best way to get in contact with you and anything that you can share with us? I will link it in the show notes. So be sure to grab all the freebies because this thing is so, I've, I've had, a, you guys, I've had a chance to look at it. It is so amazing. It's beautifully laid out. And more importantly than that, the information inside is really going to walk you through from A to Z on how to approach this with action items. So you can start taking steps towards being very much mindful and intuitive when it comes to your, your diet and your lifestyle. Yeah. So I've been working on an ebook that I'm so excited to release. It's just kind of taking 
some of the, the bigger points of the Mindful Eating Project and putting it into a quick to digest ebook. Um, and you can find that at aliciacarlson.com slash T-M-E-P handbook. And so, you know, that's, that really is kind of the first step. That's the guide that I wish that I would have had when I was starting out so that I wasn't, you know, just kind of fumbling my way through it. Um, so I've, I've tried to take kind of the best bits and boil it down and really, you know, make it clear, easy to follow, and then definitely give some action steps of like, here are some things that you can start to do today to start kind of walking yourself out of that dieting lifestyle. Yeah, perfect. And where do you hang out online? So if someone wants to maybe follow you on Insta or in a Facebook group, what would be the best place where they can find you? Yeah. So if you're on Instagram, I am too. And I'm just at Alicia Carlson underscore. And then if you're on Facebook, I would love to connect with you and you can find me at the Alicia Carlson. Perfect. Thank you so much, Alicia. This has been a great conversation. I've learned so much. I think that this is such an important topic and we could just continue talking for hours about it, but everyone go download her Mindful Eating Project ebook. You are going to love it. Like I said, I learned some things just by reading it and the steps that you can actually take to apply these concepts to your life is going to be life-changing. So thank you so much for the conversation today. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. It was my pleasure. Hey, real quick before you go, if you are inspired by today's show and you learned something new, I want you to take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at Put Your Passion to Work. Because together we can practice abundance, take inspired action, and help motivate other passionate women just like us.